Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, episode four. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. And tonight, we've got a full house. We've got Tasha, we've got Dana, and we've got Alicia. And guys, let's jump straight into the listener question, because this week, the question we've got for you is, who is a bolter for the Queensland Origin team this season? It is never too early to talk Origin football. Uh, Dana, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to start with the newest Melbourne Storm signee, Jack Howarth. Um, you know, he has not played a single game of first grade footy and Melbourne Storm signed him on a five-year contract. So, you know, for a young kid up and coming through the the system, they've got to see something in him to give him that that much in, in one go. So I'm going to back Jack. Yeah, there, there's always, you know, special sort of, you know, young kids coming through. But, um, yeah, as soon as you see those multi-year deals, uh, when they're that young, that's definitely an indication that they've got someone special. And Jack definitely has the rugby league community talking at the moment. Let's just see how he goes with that pressure. Tasha, thoughts on this one? Yeah, I'm going with uh, Selwyn Cobbo. I just think, um, you know, if he can perform consistently for the Broncos, um, his lethal attack, it'll definitely have him in the uh, Queensland Origin team this year. He's it, my bolter. It's funny you say Selwyn because my t- my pick is Reese Walsh, but I think... Selwyn's season this year is huge for the Brisbane Broncos because they've copped so much criticism for letting Reese Walsh go. If Selwyn can be the star that I think we all think he can be, I think suddenly uh, that looks a little bit better for Brisbane because, you know, there's only sort of one spot there. So if Selwyn can win that fullback job, break his way into that Queensland origin camp, maybe get a couple of minutes, Tasha, that would be some news for the Brisbane Broncos fans. All right, guys, uh, let's talk Reese Walsh. Um, obviously just missed out on his debut because of injury, but it's not going to be so easy for him to just slip in. He was probably going to get that opportunity because they had a host of injuries, so he's going to have to perform really, really well. There's always speculation about what his long, long-term future looks like, whether he will stay in New Zealand, um, but he's definitely a high-quality player, so I'm expecting that he'll force his way into that side and... Just as you think New South Wales might build a bit of a legacy team here and win a few series in a row, you suddenly start to see all these boom rookies coming through and it just makes you a little bit nervous as a New South Wales fan. Alicia, I'm sure you're feeling the same. Um, Yeah, and and you've got another big rookie here that can cause some problems for the state of New South Wales. Yeah, I mean, if anything, uh, judging by his debut season last year at the Roosters, uh, we all know what Sammy Walker has sort of done so far in his NRL career. Um, But I'm really intrigued to see this second year for him. You know, I think we've touched on this a couple of weeks ago when we're reviewing the Roosters and, you know, a lot of clubs will have worked Sam Walker out over the off-season. So I'm still tipping him, though, to to have a really good year alongside Luke Keary and then, um, you know, potentially be that backup half to Daly Cherry Evans or Cameron Munster if one or the other go down during the series. We know it's a long series. And I, I just think he's probably the next well, the next half off the rank, really, for the, for the Queenslanders. Um, they used to have an abundance of halves, um, but it just seems like it's dried up a little bit. So, yeah, Sam Walker, it's a little bit of an obvious one, but I think um, he can easily bolt into that Maroon side this year. Yeah, you never know what's going to happen with injuries. But you also, to your point, you get the sense that Queensland know that he's the future, you know, so that you just it's going to be very interesting to see how they bring him into this origin arena because, you know, they've had this challenge with Cooper Cronk 
and, and a few of the other, you know, sort of great young players coming through, they've always found a way to give these guys, you know, a few jerseys that way when, when they really need them to perform, uh, you know, it's not such a big moment. Queensland just have a great way of bringing these young guys coming through. All right, we'll make note of those players and we'll check back in mid-year to see how we go with our predictions. All right, guys, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. We're a different footy team, and we've got a point of difference about us. Well, this is the biggest moment in several of these players' football lives. Champion players, champion club. I want to be king in your story. I want to know. Yeah, and this week we're going to be talking about, well, I guess the much-talked-about South Sydney Rabbitohs. Tasha, I'm going to go straight to you because, you know, usually when you're sort of talking about a team that just made the grand final, you know, you're probably thinking that they'll just, you know, they'll just repeat that effort. You've got to lose one to win one. You know, this is a club that will probably just move straight into the grand final. But it's just so different with South Sydney, um, you know, because of the movements. Um, anyway, I'll let you have the floor here. But losing your halfback, losing your coach makes things a little bit tricky here for South Sydney. Yeah, Dan, look, not just losing a halfback, you're losing Adam Reynolds, who's come up through the system, you know, a sensational kicking game, a great playmaker. And so you lose one of the best number sevens and then you lose possibly the best coach in the competition. So that's a lot to lose in um, in one season. And whether the, the Rabbitohs can back it up again and play finals footy and or, or maybe, you know, play the grand final again, um, you know, I'm going to have to say their spine. You know, they've still got Latrell Mitchell when he comes back. They've got Damian Cook in at nine. You know, uh, I think Blake Taff will be great and um, in, the, in the seven and Walker. So, you know, you can't, you can't write anybody off with a spine that's, that all other teams would be envious of. Yeah, that's right. And, Alicia, we're going to get to our predictions uh, shortly, but... I've heard some really bold uh, predictions when it comes to the Rabbitohs. I've heard exactly that. They'll roll back into a grand final. They'll win. I've heard falling out of the eight. I mean, it's all over the place at the moment when it comes to the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Let's focus in on the new coach, Jason Dimitro. I mean, obviously, he's been pretty well known in and around rugby league circles. He's certainly done his apprenticeship in the game. But, you know, this is a little bit of pressure here uh, for him and probably a little bit different to your typical first job as a head coach. Talk to us a little bit about the new coach there in Redfern. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been uh, been pretty much everywhere, hasn't he? And I think it reminds me a lot about when Anthony Seabold took over the Rabbitohs, you know, from Michael Maguire and sort of that changeover period. But this is a whole other level, you know. A lot of players go to South, went to South Sydney for Wayne Bennett Um but then I think the beauty of it is Jason Dimitri has been under, you know, Bennett for a few years now. The players are quite happy to play under him. And you'd like to think that a lot of the things that I guess he's learnt from Wayne, he will it will still be part of the club. But yeah, it's uh it's a pretty I feel like he's not under a whole heap of pressure just given what you know, what South Sydney did last year um was an amazing achievement and obviously they've lost their key half and a couple other players so I don't think it's a case of him coming in and, and needing success straight away but yeah it just depends I guess if the, I'm expecting them to drop um but out of the eight no but I, I just think yeah it's gonna it's a really intriguing season for South because we know on paper that they haven't got stronger so um how far back they drop only time will tell but it's yeah it's a fascinating year for me with, with Jason Dimitri. 
Yeah, I'm going to jump in and um, agree with Leash. It's one of those things that I've always looked at the Rabbitohs as, yes, they've got some great players and some great, like, you know, playmakers that run half of the NRL, but I've always wondered there has to be something wrong with the dynamic and the culture at the club because I always feel like their biggest players, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Jai Arrow, are always in the news for the wrong reasons. And I feel like that there has to be, like I don't want to talk negative on them, but there has to be some issue or some culture that needs to shift to get them into the spotlight for the right reasons. And I agree with Leash. I don't think they're going to kick the granny again this year. Uh, I think there's a lot of other teams that have worked, have had their dreams crushed. Parramatta Eels is one of them. They were so close and, you know, I reckon they've got the fight to get back to it. And I think that the Rabbitohs really need to focus on their cultural aspect before they can focus on trying to get another trophy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with that side of it. The culture thing at South is probably the best it is. It's more just, you know, playing that. South Sydney players and and a lot of players really in the game toe that line of, you know, Latrell Mitchell goes a little bit overboard, he gets suspended. Cody Walker can go a little bit overboard, but I don't think it's a South Sydney issue. I think it's just a couple of players in the game that, you know, we see all around and, and a lot of players are the same. Penrith, um, Melbourne have have players in their side as well. A lot of the to, to try and sort of you know it's a win at all cost thing, right? But I think South it, it did it spoiled their season last year really in the end with Latrell. But I don't think it's a, an issue in terms of like a cultural a cultural thing. I think that's fine. They've just got to. Find a way to replace Adam Reynolds. It's it's definitely going to be interesting. I mean, Tash, uh, one of the ways that you win championships, you win premierships, and and you would know this yourself, you need star players. And I guess there's a lot of panic, you know, at South Sydney at the moment. We've lost our captain. We've lost our halfback. We've lost our super coach. But let's have a quick look at the roster because it's all not, you know, it's not all doom and gloom here for South Sydney. Uh, Let's start with Latrell Mitchell because... Interesting player. You know, this is a guy who we've known for for a very long period of time. He was probably always going to get to this position where if he's not the best player in the competition, he's going to be very, very close just naturally. This is a huge year for Latrell Mitchell, obviously because of what happened last year. But, yeah, if, just sticking with his performances on the field, what's your predictions for Latrell this year? Because, you know, you think about his performances in Origin last year and it, it just seemed like he... He stepped up, and I just wonder whether he's got another gear, which is a little bit terrifying uh, for the rest of the competition. Yeah, Dan, look, he's he's relatively young, um, but given his, you know, behaviour as far as, you know, being suspended, and he's still got two the first two rounds to serve in suspension this year, um, I believe it's a do or die for Latrell Mitchell. He's got to step up and show the maturity um, and really bring his game. We all know he's got more talent in his little finger than than a, a, a lot of players have. Um, but, geez, he's got to just control himself. And I think it is do or die for him this year. And, and I'm going to back him. I'm going to say he'll pull it together and he will lift even another gear and we'll see sensational Luttrell 
Outstanding player, and, and I think I agree with you. I think this could be a legacy year for Latrell Mitchell. I think he could potentially go down, if not already, as one of the all-time great South Sydney Rabbitohs. He has that sort of potential. He has that sort of impact on our game, and I, I think I think this is Latrell's year. Uh, Dana, let, let's talk about another star and someone who probably has the same amount of pressure on his shoulders, and that is Cody Walker. You know, There's still a little bit of debate as to what's going to happen with the halfback position. We're hearing Lachlan Ilias, the young fellow, will probably get an opportunity you know, the weight of the world would not be on Lachlan's shoulders. He's a young guy. But Cody Walker, again, you talk about a player who has had so much pressure on him as a player because, you know, there's that old narrative about him not being able to deliver in the biggest games. I think he squashed that in last year's grand final. That solo try, had the Rabbitohs won that premiership, would have been replayed for decades to come. It was truly unbelievable. But again, losing out of Reynolds, I know it's significant. Talk to us about what your thoughts are on Cody Walker. What's your expectations for him for season 2022? You know what? Cody Walker is one of those players that I'm really excited to continue watching. Um, You know, people, I, when I was younger, like I'm still not that old, but when I was younger, I used to look at uh, professional athletes being like, oh, they're in their thirties, they're old. Whereas, you know, he's 32 and I feel like he's finally getting to like the peak of his career. He, um, I'm hoping he stays like a one club, person he he's always been at South Sydney and I there was a couple you know plays in the grand final that could have made or break it and obviously it was a very close game that like last year and I think Cody Walker will step up this year I think if he can focus on the game um and you know I just I just think that there is something underestimated about him that I really hope he like Latrell like pushes himself to the next level and we see that come out from the bunnies this year but and it, you know, you, and nev- you never know and you just kind of hope for the best. And just on that, a little bit of a bold statement. I love the fact that he threw that intercept in the grand final. I love it because, you know, the, the reality, watching that game without Latrell Mitchell, Cody had to make things happen. You saw that in his first try. And the fact that he had the confidence, didn't execute it. But uh, I reckon he's going to throw that pass a couple of times this year. And I think it's going to be, I guess, my only concern is, does he sort of maintain his sort of creative running style and, and hopefully, you know, allow Lachlan, the younger sort of playmaker, to kind of organise the team? Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Cody plays and how that impacts him. All right, Alicia, let's talk skipper. Let's let's talk captain uh, because, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, who, who is going to lead this club forward. And I guess there were so many options here. Talk to us about, um, you know, the winner here. And do you, do you agree? Do you disagree? Um, he's, he's a special player in his own right. Yeah, I mean, Cameron Murray, he's pretty much captain all through his juniors as well, come through the club. Um, and I like that they've gone to another local junior, obviously, with Adam Reynolds when he was there. Um, he's South Sydney through and through Cameron Murray. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's anyone could have got it. I think there was a push for Damien Cook as well and obviously Cody, but I think they're sort of towards the back end of their careers, whereas Cameron's, um, I guess, the new modern-day forward that will probably be around for the next 10 seasons. Um Hopefully they're all at South Sydney. But, um, look, he's, he's such a – you just look at him size-wise and, you know, there's not a lot of him, as you know, compared to other forwards in the game. But, like, the way that he took down David Fafita, for example, in Origin last year and just was able to contain the guy on the edge just speaks volumes of, I guess, you know, he might be the smallest sort of forward. Not the smallest, but um, definitely not, not the biggest. Um, but he's got the biggest heart. And I think um, – you know, his ability, especially coming off the bench in, in origin, to kind of just make something happen, he's just got that knack through the middle, you know, when no forwards are – when the forwards are tired, he's just sort of popping up. And I think, you know, he could easily lead that club 
for the next five, ten years. I, I think, yeah, I, I agree with I agree with everything you just said, and and it's just it's so important because of this rookie halfback they're going to have. You know, he's going to. You know, when you look, when things get a little bit difficult, Cam Murray can settle things down. Um, he's a great leader um, and obviously can can get them moving forward. All right, guys, let's talk predictions. Again, I've, I I say it again. The, these predictions are all over the place when it comes to Rabbitohs. I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. I already get a bit of a sense we've got a bit of a split crowd here tonight. So, Dane, I'm going to start with you. What's your, what's your predictions for South Sydney? I, like, I don't think they're going to be in the granny again this year um i mean we've all heard mixed things whether they're going to be you know in the seventh eighth spot or they're going to go back to back and you know do a penrith and lose one to win the next um but i just think with the key losses that they've got um yes they've got jason who they've they're well aware of and they know and they've had as a you know coach there but i think just with the missing of wayne bennett and adam reynolds i think it's going to help. They're going to have to drop and then have a little bit of a rebuild over the next couple of years to get them back into that grand final spot. So I'm going to go with like sixth. Okay. Yeah. Look, I, I think that's pretty. Uh, that's pretty reasonable. Look for me. I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to go all out there. Look, I actually think this team is going to finish fourth, and I. I you know, and, and that's going to be a huge achievement for South Sydney, given the teams that will probably sit sit above them. You know, your Penrith, your Roosters, uh, your Melbourne Storm. I, I really feel like, uh, you know, the Rabbitohs can can do that. But on, on one, there's just going to be one minor point there, and that that's on the back of Latrell Mitchell. I'm tipping that he will actually win Daily M this year. This is going to be a historic season from him. And if we can get that from Latrell, the Bunnies can, can, uh, can seal a top four spot. Tash, thoughts on this one? Yeah, look, it's, uh, I've been looking at the draw and uh, the Bunnies actually have a really tough first month. Um, they have a tough last month. But in the eight weeks, like up from round five and leading into the origin, they are really going to rack up the points. You know, like they, you know, they, they play teams like they've got the Tigers twice in those eight weeks. They've got the Dragons. They've got the Bulldogs. They've got the Bronx, the, the Warriors and the Raiders. So I think they'll really rack up some um, competition points there. So I see them finishing fifth at the moment. Yeah, fifth. Alicia, that origin period makes me a bit nervous just hearing Tasha talk about it. I mean, you know, not not injuries, fatigue. Anyway, with, with so many stars in that team, that could certainly be a factor here. But, um, yeah, thoughts on South Sydney this year? Yeah, it can be. I think they've handled origin period pretty well, though, um, in the last couple of years. And even if they've dropped a couple, usually they've started the season really well, so it's helped them. Um, I actually... I think that they will drop, and I like Dana's prediction of six because that's where I've got them just above my fifth-place Roosters this year. Um, And, you know, I I think just going back to, I guess, what they did last year with those with the star power gone, including the coach, I just don't think it can be replicated the way that Penrith did it. Um, So, yeah, I I think Lachlan Ilias will be really handy. I I don't think he'll have a... um, you know, a barnstorming season, but I'm expecting Cody Walker to still be firing on that left edge. Like, again, if, if Lachlan can sort out that right side and they play to the left, we've seen teams try and, you know, you know what's coming, right? But they, it still happens. So, um, you know, that that will be firing and I can't see it changing. So, yeah, I've got them a six. I think they're going to drop. Um, and it's going to be one of those sort of hangover years, I think, for South. All right, guys, let's jump into our next segment for tonight, the match. The most anticipated match in history, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! 
Yeah, and this week we are targeting a couple of playmakers for the New Zealand Warriors. Bit of an interesting situation there uh, in the Warriors. You feel like there's, again, an, another, I guess, change here for this mighty club. Sean Johnson returns back to the club, but you know, just trying to get a bit of an understanding as to which... Uh, player will partner him in the halves this season. So we've got Ash Taylor coming up against Cody Nicarima uh, this year. Um, Alicia, I'm going to start with you on Ash Taylor because, again, you talk about someone that gets a little bit of publicity. Uh, take it away. Talk to us about Ash Taylor. He's had he's had some career. Um, you know, he's had highs, lows, obviously pretty well known up there at the Gold Coast. But talk to us about Ash Taylor and where he's found himself um, in terms of his career at the moment. Um, well, definitely, I think a victim of, you know, landing such a big money contract at such a young age, and we've seen it with a few players, but Ash Taylor's probably the pin-up boy for it. Um, you know, he had a really promising junior career and then um, was at Brisbane, got poached by the Titans and on that big money deal. Um, and he, he had that really good season where he did earn that money and it was it was like, who is this guy the next um, you know, it's talking of Bolters for origin, like he was once in the frame, you know, we thought he'd be the next Queensland half. So um, it's all come crashing down to earth for him um, at the Titans, unfortunately. And, uh, you know, just goes to show what is such a short career you can have in the game. You go from being a million dollar man to basically on a train and trial contract. So that's what's happened. But from all reports, you know, he worked his backside off in the off season at the Warriors and now he's uh He's landed that full-time contract, you know, which, again, it would be one-tenth of what he was on, but it just goes to show that, you know, he, he's still got that drive because I think he could easily, and, and I imagine, you know, he saved a lot of his money as well. He could easily have probably just gone over to Super League or caught it quits altogether. So it speaks volumes, I guess, to where he's at mentally, and um, I think he's a good pickup for the Warriors. He's still a young guy and got plenty to prove and maybe a change. You know, we often talk about Luke Brooks, needing a change maybe ash taylor just needed a change and alongside someone like sean johnson i doubt he's ever played against uh, played alongside somebody of such high quality so yeah it's exciting times i think for Ash. dana uh prior to sam walker uh there was ash taylor i mean ash taylor was sam walker you know and and you know obviously you support melbourne storm so you probably get a sense of this as well you see so many young rookie stars coming through the game but to alicia's point they don't always work out. Talk to us a little bit about your own experiences watching Ash Taylor play because if we if we remove that million-dollar price tag and we just look at his play, you know, what, what's your thoughts on Ash? Because, you know, he's certainly got the talent. Yeah, it's one of those things that, like um, like Leach said, it's, you know, he was labelled the million-dollar man and he just didn't live up to it. So, you know, he, and unfortunately it's like I've mentioned in past when you – get recruited to such a good team, like, you know, the Broncos aren't the best, but they weren't ever as terrible as they have been the last few years. To go to then the Gold Coast to, you know, finish in the bottom three almost for the last five years. So it's really hard to justify someone getting paid that massive money when they're not making that difference to a club to try and move them up the ladder or even get them to the final series. Um, You know, they finally did that last year, but I think that was at the point where it was a too little too late because he was already on that, you know, year-by-year, play-by-play kind of contract. So, him, you know, getting dropped by them but then getting picked up by the Warriors I think is going to be good because the Warriors I think are in the same boat. They're, they're always kind of sitting in that bottom half at the moment and they need to, I guess, do whatever they can to pick themselves back up and try and push to that top eight because, uh, yeah, again, they're just missing those star playmakers that I think 
differentiate those, those top eight teams to the bottom, I guess. Tasha, let, let's talk a little bit about Warriors recruitment because sometimes, to, to Dana's point, sometimes you just got to take a risk when it comes to recruitment. I mean, you just you just can't go out and give everyone a million dollars and go inside all the best. Sometimes you've got to get creative. You've got to take chances. What if this pays off for the Warriors? I mean, what if Ash, wrong system, didn't fit, just need just needs a bit of a sea change. I mean, what if this pays off for the Warriors? I mean, they've got him at an absolute steal of a price. Um, yeah, thoughts on Warriors recruitment, taking a big chance here. But again, you just wonder, if this pays off, this could be something special for the Warriors. Yeah, Dan, you know, they might be taking a big chance, but not really because they're not paying big money. And it's only, he was. I think he was on a train and trial before now he's just got a one year. So, you know, a quality player like Ash. Taylor could be and was um, without that monkey on his back with that million-dollar price tag, I don't think it's a big gamble. I think, you know, like Leisha said, if you can team up with, um, you know, Sean Johnson and have that level head and experience to to partner him, um, you know, yeah, this could be a fairy tale story for for Ash Taylor, and I really hope it happens for him. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Alicia, let's talk about his competitor tonight, uh, Cody Nicarima, and then I want to get your prediction where you're going here in the match. But, um, you know, when you think about Cody, interesting career. You know, when you think about the playmakers in rugby league, in the National Rugby League, the you know, the best competition in the world, you know, these are the guys that are most popular. They've got all the fans, the social media presence. There's so much buzz. Cody Nicarima, I mean, he, he's, you know, built a built a – Quite an impressive CV in terms of his experience, how much football he's played. But, you know, he's never really got that sort of big, big profile. Um, talk to us a little bit about Cody because, again, talented player um, in the game. Yeah, ironically, I think him and Ash Taylor might have even played together at the Broncos or at least if Ash came through, Cody would have been there at the time. So I guess they've come full circle, those two. But, um yeah, I mean, Cody's represented New Zealand, you know, in the halves, that hooker himself off the bench. Um, obviously, he was at the Broncos, didn't really work out. He was sort of that guy that come in after, what, Ben Hunt um, and, and I guess was the, you know, that Brisbane's number seven jersey is very tough to to handle. So he's gone to the Warriors and it just hasn't kicked on for me. Um, you know, still makes rep, rep jerseys, but um, for me, he's a hooker. And, you know, he's a bench utility, provides the spark. And we've seen our talent he is, but we just don't see it enough. So, yeah, a bit of a frustrating, one of those frustrating players for me because we, we know what a great talent he is. And he's he's pulled off some remarkable plays and, you know, won games for his team. Um, but we just probably don't see it enough. So, yeah, on that note, though, if, if I was picking between the both of them, I think I'd lean towards Ash to start with and just bring Cody off the bench. Dana, same question to you. Um, you know, we can't sit on the fence when it comes to the match. And I, I guess the question is, who's going to be the halfback here for the New Zealand Warriors, Ash Taylor or Cody Nikarima? Yeah, what's your thoughts? Yeah, again, like like Lee just said, he's one of those players that he's got the potential to play a full 80 minutes and be, I reckon, one of the greatest players, but they just have to get him off the bench. Um, you know, when he played for the Kiwis, he really stood up when Brandon Smith was out and he played that hooker and... You know, 119, 120 games under his belt, 15 try assists and 18 line breaks last season from playing off the bench, I think is an incredible CV to have under his belt for the young age that he's got. Um, I reckon as long as he gets more game time this year, he's going to be one to watch. So I'm picking Cody. Tash, same question to you, Ash or Cody? 
Yeah, look, fairy tale ending. I hope it all comes together for Ash and it works out well and he partners Sean Johnson. But just at the moment, I'm going to go with Cody. I think he's he plays, you know, well beyond his stature. He's not such a such a big bloke. Um, he's really, really talented. He's a live wire in attack. Um, so if I have to pick right now, because we're not going to see how Ash Taylor is going to present with the monkey off his back. So just because of that, um, I'm going to go with Cody. Like I know he's versatile and he might end up on the bench, but at the moment I'll go with Cody. Yeah, this is a really challenging one because you're also thinking about, you know, who, who would be the best match with Sean Johnson as well. So I'm trying not to, to let that bias my decision. Uh, look, I, I'm going to go with uh, Cody Nikarima. I just think he's probably in better form at the moment, but I would not be surprised if Ash Taylor is unable is able uh, to unseat him as the season progresses. Um, you know, there's a little bit of pressure on the New Zealand Warriors here. You know, Nathan Brown, he's done a good job so far, but they certainly need to win some football games. So I, I think Ash Taylor, he may not start in that 17, but don't be surprised if he, um, if he can make his way in there. So Cody Nikarima for me. All right, guys, let's jump into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing Closing Time. Maybe that's what you're hearing. Yeah, and this week on Rapid Fire, we're continuing our Legend series. Last week was the Melbourne Storm. This week, we're, well, we're going out west uh, to look at the Penrith Panthers. And the question I've got for you is, who is your favourite retired Penrith Panthers player, Alicia, going to start with you. Yeah, I've, uh, I've gone with Luke Lewis. Um, obviously, he went on and had a great career at Cronulla as well, but we all know he started with Penrith, uh, won a competition with them in 03, was a blonde-haired outside back running down the sideline. Um, yeah, and he, he grew up actually near me, and I just think he's been really good for rugby league. Uh, it was great to see him then go and win another premiership at Cronulla in the back row, and uh, plenty of great origin memories as well. So, yeah, Luke Lewis for me. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Dan, I'm going to go to you. I mean, you know, you think about the, the flashy Penrith Panthers that are winning competitions now. I mean, it wasn't always that way for the Panthers. They were definitely a, a club that sort of battled, um, certainly had their successes. So it's good to kind of reflect back on some of the legends uh, there at the club. Uh, thoughts on this one, if you had to pick one? Yeah, look, I'm going to go with the very obvious answer, and we hear his voice every week of every game, uh, Greg Alexander. So, you know, in his first year, he won Rookie of the Year under the Dally M. Uh, he went on to play 228 games. I'm pretty sure he captained them, got a Dally M. Um, he's an origin star. He played rep. He's pretty much Panthers' version of Cameron Smith, um, except about, you know, 20 years earlier. But uh, he's just, you know, being able to play such hard-hitting footy for, you know, such a pretty long period of time to then be able to so smoothly transition into commentating and being on that media on the other side of it, I think is just so versatile for any player to be able to do um, because it's, that means they're not just, I can kick a ball and run. Like they've got that, the smarts behind them to be able to back it up, to back up their knowledge, to back up their playing skills with, you know, having that ability to transition into that new life and continue a career surrounding a sport that they love and they've played I think to go on forever. I think it was pretty. Um, it was pretty incredible to see his reaction after they won the premiership. You just, I mean, you know, you hear about players and how much they love their clubs. You know, once they retire, but you just wonder how many how many players out there would have had that reaction. I mean, it was really raw. 
emotional. It was it was really special, and uh, yeah, he's, uh, I, I agree. That's a really good choice and an absolute all time great. Uh, look for me, I'm going to go with uh, the mighty MG Mark Geyer. Uh, he is. Uh, I, I mean, he's everything we love about rugby league. He was the old school enforcer. He was a player that just went out there and, yeah, uh, I, guess, I guess put fear in the opposition. So just love the way he played. Um, had some uh, pretty special highlights throughout his throughout his uh, time there. Obviously won a premiership. Uh, pretty famous little uh, stoush there in, in State of Origin against Wally as well. So he'll definitely go down the history books. And, uh, you know, you're saying all that. Uh, he's probably one of the nicest people you'll meet off the field. So MG for me. Uh, Tasha, round us off here. Um, another, you know, a great club. We're seeing a lot of success with the Panthers at the moment, but um, yeah, throw, throw another legend in here from the uh, from the Penrith club. Yeah, it just shows you the um, depth of the retired Panthers that we can all come up with um, somebody a little bit different. But I agree with all of you, and in particular, um, Dana. You- with Greg Alexander, you mentioned his career, you know, with Fox and whatnot. And I've, I've got the pleasure of, of seeing him a fair bit. And he is one of the, one of the sweetest guys. Like he's, he's just lovely. So shout out to uh, Greg Alexander, but I am going to go with uh, Ryan Girdler. Now everybody loves an intercept. He, he became known, you know, after Brett Kenny retired as the intercept King. Um, but not only that, his, his performance when he put on the origin Jersey um, was absolutely outstanding. And if you go through the record books, he still holds all these records. He's got the most tries in a single origin match with three. Then he's got the most tries in an origin series. He's got the most uh, points scored in a single origin match. He's got the most points scored in a single origin series. So Ryan Girdler, um, yeah, he's my pick for best retired Panthers player. All right, guys, well, that's all the time we have this week. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, continue to support the podcast, continue to support the network, download the pod, share with family and friends. And until next week, we'll see you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.